everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. It's Pat, and I want to welcome you to our episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, everyone. How are you? Hey, Matt. It's um, a really interesting episode that we have today because this time we have um, a model, actress, and producer all in one. Awesome. I know. Right. It's our first <laughs> time, and... Um, then she has this incredible movie that has its own backstory. So, I mean, I feel like she's like, um, you know, that's like four episodes in one right there. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, are you ready to get started with this? I am, yes. Uh, you know, feel free to jump in. Yeah, we just got to show off our skills here and get four <laughs> stories into one hour and... Uh, yeah, I think we can do it. So I have faith in you. <laughs> uh, I would like to say as do I, but um, you know it wavers sometimes. Right. <laughs> I, I feel strong, like the universe is speaking today that I can do it. So you, you can do it, Kat. Uh, let me introduce our guest. Uh, the listeners are—they're just really gonna love her, love the story. Um, you know, I watched this movie, and there are moments that made me cry, made me angry. I, I felt a lot of emotions, so I just know the listeners are going to find something about it that they will that will engage them into it. Um, that's going to make them feel something. So today we have with us um, Kate Edmondson, and she has she's the star actually of this film. Donna, stronger than pretty, and Kate. I want to welcome you to Backstory Sessions. We're so excited to have you. Oh well, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. You know, the first thing when I saw the title, um, you know, the Donna part, I get. Although I, it made me start singing like um, Richie Valens' song. Right, right. Uh, I really <laughs> wanted to get that song in there. <laughs> That would have been great, and I will say the music was, I love the music and, like, all the fun that must have been of choosing, you know, the music that did get to go in these different decades, but... It was a lot of fun. Yeah, so, um, but the Stronger Than Pretty, that's the part that kind of, um, like, in my mind, I just kept thinking about it for the title, and so I guess my first question to you is, you know, based on that title, like, are we served better by being strong or by being pretty as women, do you think? Gosh, well, I think historically uh, so much emphasis has been put on women's looks, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. um, I think we live in a new time and hopefully, uh, you know, we'll keep progressing in that area. Um, that uh, our strength is equally, if not more important than our looks. Uh, I would argue that it is. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, it obviously does make you think about a lot of like, to me, I think it's, uh, more than pretty. 
uh, that's how I've always taken it is, you know, when when you just see a pretty face and, uh, and I think people just automatically assume um, that that's all there is. And I've definitely gotten that in my life and my personal experience. Um, So I think that's why Jarrett, our uh, writer, producer, director, uh, those words were really important to him. um, And I can definitely see why. Well, it's fascinating, and, and, and I think the movie does a good job of, of showing um, that Donna was more than pretty, mm-hmm. um, and of course, you played a big part in that because you portrayed Donna, and so the image, you know, basically the way that we get to know her is, is through the way you portray her in the in this film but she was a real person right so this is based on a true story yes this is Jarrett Martino's uh story about his own mother Donna Martino um so it's a very very personal story to him about his not only her experience but his experience as well uh growing up with that um so, yeah, this was definitely a message he wanted to send. Um, and I'm so honored and so grateful to have been a part of it all of these years. And so as his, as his mom, I, I'm thinking, like, how, how I would feel if my son were to make a movie, you know, about my life. Um and especially under these circumstances. So right. she, she must have, did she ever convey like what that meant to her? Yes. Um, you know, when we had our um, premiere, uh, you could just always see it in her body language and in her face and the way she spoke. I think she was just blown away that her son would do such a thing for her. Um, you know, I think she felt incredibly loved by him. Um, you know, uh, you, you could see it really meant a lot to her. Um, you know, because it's not easy making a film. I think we all know that. And he really started from scratch uh, with the stage reading, then the short film, and then finally the feature. And a feature is just, you know, on the budget that we had. Any independent film is just so incredibly difficult to make. And Jarrett, it's really an ode to him uh, and his love for his mother that he made it happen. You just never know in this industry. You know, I grew up, uh, my dad's in the filmmaking industry, and I saw firsthand how difficult it is uh, to get anything made. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really incredible. Um, it's definitely a love letter to his mother. Um, so it's really beautiful. That that really is beautiful, and I, I just I, I in my mind I tried to imagine how how touched she must have been, um, right? Seeing that, uh, and also, I mean, I guess it it must also be painful because there were some moments there that were were hard to watch because of of you know because they're about abuse and right. And what, had to go through even though she was strong and persevered it it must have still brought up um you know some of those feelings I would think yes any any screening we ever had was definitely almost like a therapy session or a cathartic uh you know experience for him and his family because it just brings up so much 
and it's painful, but it's also healing for them, I would imagine. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, he had the courage to make this and to revisit things that were not always enjoyable for him or his family. Um, again, that's an ode to him for not shying away from difficult subject matter uh, that I think uh, the world deserves to hear and speak about and not shy away from um, because the only way things are going to change is if we talk about them. So, um, yeah, I think he's done a great job uh, even despite the pain. Well, and I think it also is an extension of how um, how he was affected by this story. Um, you know, the abuse, even though if it's happening to her, you know, the, if the children are seeing it, the people right. around are seeing it, like, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't just go away for them either. So mm-hmm. I, I thought this is kind of like, you know, the extension of what we get to see after this story uh, is that he takes something and makes something powerful and positive um, out of that. Definitely. Definitely. It's amazing to take something so painful and turn it into a positive, into a growing learning experience. I totally agree with that. So how did you get to um, find out about this project and become a part of it? Did you know him before? I did not know him before. I auditioned for the staged reading, which at the time I wasn't fully aware of what that was. Um, it ended up feeling more like a play. Um, we had to be totally memorized with all of our, for a feature-length script. So it was quite intimidating. And then he, you know, kind of gave us some blocking and it really did feel like more of a play when we finally put it on. Um, So, yeah, I auditioned for that many years ago. Um, That eventually turned into the short film. And then that eventually turned into the feature, as you know. And, um, you know, like I said, with filmmaking, you never know if you're going to be kept on on the project. So I think um, I'm so honored and grateful that he's kept me on all these years because he I feel like he could have easily have gone with someone with a bigger name. But he seemed to really trust me, uh, which was really important for me. Um, So, you know, I got really lucky and it was the experience of a lifetime, quite frankly. So was this the first time that you had played a role that was based on a you know, a real person, a true story? Uh, yes, I want to say it was definitely the largest role I've played based on a true person. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, there's definitely an aspect of that that's quite intimidating, especially when it's the director's mother that you're playing. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, you really want to get it right and do her justice, do her life justice. Well, and you, you know, you lasted through all those stages, so it's, I think you did get it right, but, um, I hope so, yes. So, um, when you got to see her, meet her after, after she had viewed the performance, uh, Mm -hmm. did she think you got it right? Oh, she was so lovely. I honestly don't remember her ever saying a negative thing, even a questionable thing to me. Everything was always positive, always kind, always generous. Um, And, you know, I was nervous meeting her. 
but instantly you just you just feel so comfortable around her everything's easy um you know it was just so wonderful having this special relationship with her and to be entrusted to uh share her story uh, yeah it was just so awesome i can't say a negative thing about her so when you prepared for the role um did you interview her? Did you get to spend time with her? Uh, or did you just imagine how she was and, you know, may put your own spin on it throughout? Yeah, I'm, I would say most of um, my work was with Jarrett and our writer, Pat Branch. Um, Pat Branch actually spent a lot of time interviewing Donna. I would say more so than me, definitely more so than me. So she was privy to um, sort of the private stuff more so than I was. And so that kind of got passed along to me. And then eventually uh, they shared with me her journals from that time. Um, you know, even seeing her handwriting, seeing the physical thing from all those years ago was really impactful for me. Um, and so, yeah, that was definitely a part of the process. And I would say also, uh, you know, we filmed in her house. Uh, I walked in her footsteps. I slept in her bed. Um, so all of these things, you just, as an actor, you take anything that you can get um, to hold on to, to feel closer to this life that you're living. Um, so all of these things were just gifts. I would take, you know, you're soaking it all in as much as you can, you know. I mean, I can't imagine because most roles that, you, you would say you would never have that kind of real world connection to like right that's just amazing that you got to you know read the journal sleep in the bed see like everything about what it was to to be her uh, at yeah least, you know after the fact kind of um so in in the journals did those begin like how far back did those begin gosh from what I remember there was definitely more than one journal I think they only shared with me one of them um and it was definitely in the thick of it um and from what I recall uh there was one entry where he's just gone all the time he's not even there He's, he would just leave and he wouldn't tell you when he wouldn't tell you where he was going. Um, so to me, the sense that I got from the journals was like this unpredictable life. Like you don't know what's going to happen next. And just also the barrenness of her life. Like there was no furniture. So to live in this empty house, it's almost like an empty soul in a lot of ways. I know wow. that's a bit dramatic, but really like, when you think about the environment that she was living in, it was just empty. And her and she did say she felt empty. She felt hollow. Um, you know, this was the life she was leading, and, and she didn't know how she got there. It was like almost like, a, you know, a snap of the finger, and all of a sudden she's here, and she's like, how did I get here? How did this happen to me? Um, so, you know, reading about that, um, getting those specific details, um, wondering where her next meal was going to come from, wondering how she could care for her three children. Uh, this is all very weighed heavily on her. Well, and, and I, I guess a lot of people that end up in that situation, 
do wonder, you know, how did I get here? Because right. in the movie, Donna, you know, she's happy as a child. She's mm-hmm. ambitious, um, you know, curious, intelligent. She wants to go to college and she's really mm-hmm. proud about that. Uh, but then you have like her mom, you know, telling her that, you know, you need to get married and have mm-hmm. take care of you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, does that kind of mindset for for your child, whether it be male or female, you know, does that perpetuate like some of this staying in an abusive kind of relationship? I mean, it yeah. doesn't really build your confidence in yourself to be definitely to... because your parents are your models. Right. You you know, it's what you first see. And even her mother was in an abusive relationship as well. And and for her, it was just normal. Like this was just <laughs> normal, unfortunately. Um, you know, so she saw that, and initially. I think in our story, we're, we're showing how, like, she wanted to lead a different kind of life. She was really passionate about her education. And then, um, you know, she had her first child. And then she just sort of, um, you know, resorted to that old school thinking that was modeled for her. It's, you know, it's a generational thing. Uh, it doesn't just go away. And I think, you know, she was taught that security is in having a man. Um, and so, and she did fall in love with this man. Um, so she was head over heels. It was, it's a complicated thing, you know, it's not so, uh, black and white. Um, so she did want to share her life with this man, even though she had these other dreams of pursuing her education, which initially he was supportive of. And then that just sort of fizzled away. And, you know, I found myself wanting to like him because in the beginning, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there are many positive qualities about him as well. Like he also had dreams and he wanted that business and right. he's almost shot down in the same way by his dad. Um, right. And even a little by his mom, who's an enabler kind of person, you know, that mm-hmm. like, never holds him accountable. But um, I, I wanted, I kept hearing, I, even though he was terrible in some moments, I um, I kept cheering and wanting him to, like, finally be strong like Don. Right, 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 right. And I think that's where Jarrett does kind of an incredible job with this film is he really challenges you with the Nick character. Because on the one hand, you see how wonderful he is with the kids. He makes mistakes all the time, left and right. right. But you also see that tender moment of them in the museum together. Like, right. and so he's definitely challenging the viewer there um, of, you know, he's not just this monster. He definitely has moments of being a monster, um, but that's also humanizing him. You know, uh, it's easy to put people into these categories. It's much harder to see them as human beings that make mistakes. Um, so I think that's really where Jarrett has, done a great job of making this not your typical uh, film about domestic violence. Well, and I, and I think Donna even wanted him to, you know, just to be the person that she loved because I think she too seemed to see 
um, these good qualities, but, you know, in the end, it just seemed like he could not, he was just too weak to be able to. Right. And that goes back to the conditioning of how you were brought up, what he saw when he was growing up, you know, his parents didn't have a great relationship either. And so to step out of how you've witnessed your parents interacting with each other is not an easy thing. Um, So I think that's what him and Donna did have in common was that they were both trying to attempt to live a different way. And uh, for some, it's harder than others. It's hard to step out of that uh, conditioning. So in your own life growing up, you, you came from two creative parents. Yes. So you grew up um, exposed to the arts. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, did you know, like, early on that you two were going to be involved in in some way in the arts? Oh, definitely. As a kid, I was doing all kinds of artistic things, whether it be dance, uh, acting, um, modeling even. Um, I was always choreographing dances, you know, um, so, and my dad was always exposing me to older films, like silent films, which I never would have watched on my own. He exposed me to Judy Garland, which was my uh, amazing hero. She was the hero of my life growing up, as well as Lucille Ball. Um, you know, so he was exposing me to all sorts of strong, amazing, funny, uh, awesome women in these older films. Um, and so I, I was head over heels from it from the very beginning. Uh, I, I, Judy Garland taught me how to sing. Like that's how much I adore her. I was just listening to her constantly. She's, um, she just is such a talented, uh, fierce woman that just breaks your heart every time you listen to her. Wow. And so, um, what did the the path look like for you um, when you went to school? Did you, you know, did one art form like interest you more than the other for a while, or how did you evolve? Yeah, I was sort of um, kind of dipping my toe in a few things in elementary school. I did a few plays. Um, I I was quite shy. I will admit. Uh, when I was younger. So uh, acting did scare me a bit. Um, and But I did do dance as well. I was doing ballet. I got on point. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Doing hip hop and jazz was really fun. I was in The Nutcracker. I played a mouse, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then by the time I was a young teenager, I had competed in this, uh, I want to say it was like a preteen, uh, gosh, what are those things called? Uh, the crown pageant thing. Um, so I, I dipped my toe in that for a bit. We came to California when I was super young and competed in that. I didn't go anywhere with that. Um, and then I really wanted to uh, get into modeling because I was tall, I was skinny, um, and I was just, I, it was what I wanted more than anything. So we moved back to California when I was 13, and I got into that, which was great. It, it gave me so many opportunities and, and life experiences that I'll remember for the rest of my life, uh, being able to travel the world, live in other places. You just learn so much being able to do that. Um, and then as I got a little bit older, I wanted um, 
a different kind of challenge and acting was definitely that because it really scared me. Um, so, uh, you know, and I had done, a, um, quite a few big commercials by that point and being on a set was, uh, amazing. You, you kind of just get the Hollywood, um, you know, uh, the bite you, you just get so excited by it. Uh, so being on set, seeing the cameras, like it was just like the Hollywood dream. And I was like, okay, I want to take classes. Um, so I started taking classes. That was the scariest thing I've ever done. Um, <laughs> and uh, so now, yeah, all these years later, um, it's still the joy of my life. I love going to class. I love, um, I love learning just in general. I just, I want to keep my brain open to new things um and so acting is definitely one of those things that you can never stop learning about um because there's a million different lives you can lead and some are more challenging than others and it just uh really is a true joy in my life well i imagine with um this movie in particular because it it covers several decades right you got a chance to incorporate a lot of like costumes and uh, things that maybe you would have used for modeling. Um, yes. So what was that like? I mean, it, it seemed so fun watching. It. Yes. Oh my God. It was so much fun. Um, I had a folder of all my outfits cause also the outfits really represent a lot for her, um, where she's at mentally. Um, so to be able to keep track of all of that over the many decades that we filmed was a unique challenge in and of itself, but also quite fun because I love period pieces. Um, so that was that was just a bit of fun for me to be involved with. Um, and I love vintage clothing. So all of that really drew me in and uh, being able to assist in that way. Our costume designer, Stephanie Lindsay, did a great job. I don't know how the heck she did it with that many people. Because as you know, the cast is huge. Right. And then to be able to do it over three decades, uh, the kids were a unique challenge in and of themselves. You know, finding old clothes uh, that work for the kids and following them as they grow up. Um, she just did such a wonderful job. But for me, as you said, with my modeling in the past, um, that definitely came in handy. And um, it was just so much fun. I just had the time of my life. So um, which was your favorite uh, decade? Of uh, <laughs> I would have to say, well, gosh, I mean, that's so hard to answer just because I love them all. But uh, probably the 70s, just because the hair is long. She's right. wearing these awesome bell bottoms, you know, <laughs> it's just such its own unique time. And, and I think also she was in a better place mentally at that time. So yeah. that made it more enjoyable. You know, she's at the, the beginning of her life and she's head over heels in love. Like what, what else could you want? Um, so that was definitely enjoyable for me. Um, was it hard? Like, change? So give us kind of a perspective of, you know, would one day you be filming the 70s and the next day you might be filming a scene from, you know, another decade or how did that work? Oh, uh, yeah, it was all over the place. It was definitely not in order. So um, 
you know, we'd have to take the hair out, put the hair back in. I got really used to doing it myself just because things were so quick. You know, we had maybe three weeks to shoot this thing. So, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of time to switch things up, but that's also an ode to our makeup department, Rita. Uh, she was incredible. She did such a great job. Uh, the eighties in particular, I love the way that she did the makeup. Um, so yeah, it was, that was a challenge in and of itself as well, you know, just keeping up with the time and, uh, making sure that each decade looked, uh, authentic. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a group effort. So, um, was there ever like any discussion? Uh, did Donna ever say why she did stay as long as she did? Um, she, there were many reasons why she stayed as long as she did, um, financially, um, fear for her life, <laughs> which right. is not a small one. Um, her children, she didn't want to take her children away from their father. Uh, there were many, many reasons, uh, why she stayed for so long, I think. And because she did love him. She wanted better for him. She believed in him. She believed he could be better. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think, you know, these things are really complicated and uh, dangerous. Um, you know, oftentimes women are killed when they're leaving. So uh, it's, a, it's a tricky thing to navigate. And uh, she really did have to come up with a game plan. Uh, for many months, it wasn't just like, okay, I'm going to leave on this day and do this. It was like, no, she has to plan where she's going. She needs her friends to help her. Um, it was really a covert mission in a lot of ways. And so she, it was took a lot of pre-planning to do. Um, so, yeah, and it wasn't an easy thing. Yeah, because I think it becomes so easy, you know, for people to say, well, you know, if someone hit me, I would be out the door, you know. Yeah. Um, you never we'll know till you actually know. I will say right. that. Um, not that I've experienced it myself, but after doing the research that I've done, listening to podcasts, listening to numerous women's experiences, you always think, you know, there was one podcast in particular where she was like, I never thought I would be this woman. I'm, you know, I'm college educated, you know, all these um, stereotypes we have about women that are in abusive relationships are just not true. Um, you can be anyone. It can happen to anyone. Right. And um, so, yeah, she was shocked that it happened to herself. And um, so, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's just so much more complicated and so much more difficult. And uh, yeah, than we all, than we all give credit for. I do think um, she did have a lot of support you know, for the dysfunction that was going on. Right. She, she still was not completely isolated from her family and, and friends. Um, so I right. think that certainly had to help her be able to, to plan to get away. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, a lot of women don't have loving, supportive parents. <laughs> A lot right. of women uh, don't have best friends they can rely on. Donna had numerous people in her life that loved her and cared about her well-being. Um, you know, I've met many women who had no outlets at all, who were in this country with no family at all. 
and had to leave a, a violent relationship. I, I mean, I can't even imagine. Uh, it's wild to me to be able to be all on your own and do this yourself in a situation where you could potentially get killed. Um, is It's just astounding hearing some of these women's stories of, of leaving. Um, and, you know, when she goes to the food bank, um, I thought that mm-hmm. was an interesting, um, it was an interesting scene because you could tell that it, it was something she was uncomfortable having to do. Right. But then you could also see that she knew it was, you know, the, the means to getting to escape from and, and really right. the beginning of being able to be independent uh, and yes. take care of the children. So I thought yes. that was an interesting a moment. Yes, um, I, I loved that scene, too, because he, there's just something so special about seeing women help other women, too. Um, yeah. So th- that's such a lovely scene. and It definitely was one of my favorites. I thought it was so sweet. And obviously, here she is experiencing this new thing she's never had to do before. And it is vulnerable. You maybe, you know, she was embarrassed. I'm sure she was. Um, I'm sure that was part of it. Having to ask for help is not always easy, um, especially from strangers. Um, So I'm sure there were um, elements of her feeling humiliated, um, you know. So but I thought it was a lovely scene. Um, You know, women reaching out and helping other women is just so beautiful. So what did you learn from this experience? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, I've learned so much um, about domestic violence. (laughs) I've learned a lot. I'm still learning. Um, I'm not an expert on it yet, but it's definitely opened my eyes. Um, uh, I've learned a lot about being an actor. Um, I've learned a lot about the business side. Uh, I've learned how to do an interview. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there, I could just go on and on and on. Like having this opportunity has just presented so many learning lessons for me. Um, so I'm just grateful for the whole thing. So what, what steps like for our listeners, what are some things that you learned that you could share if someone finds and it could be a male as well. I mean, you know, there are men that are abused. It's, it's, it's not always the, the women, but in this, oh, yeah. in this film it was. But, mm-hmm. you know, for someone out there who's a friend of someone, because I think there will be a lot of listeners out there that will say, I haven't been in this situation, but I definitely know who Donna is. Like, right. what, what can I do? You know, what, what can other people do? Um to help others? Yes. Um, a lot of friend, Donna. Yeah. Be, be a listening ear, I think. Um, I think one of the important scenes in Donna is where her best friend says it's not your fault. That was a very important scene for us because it's never your fault. It's not your fault um, that another person decides to do this. It's not. Um, and I think a lot of women bear the shame and bear the responsibility for the ones that have been abused. Um, they are not, <laughs> they are not the ones being, they didn't cause this to happen to them. Um, I think that's a big thing for women to hear. 
Um, and I would say if just, you know, be a listening ear, allow this subject to not be taboo. Uh, the fact that we still shy away from it is an issue um, because I think, like you said, this is a very familiar story. And I've met many women along the way just in making this film that have come out and started talking about it. Um, so the more we talk about it, the more open minded we are, the less judgmental we are, the more compassionate we are. Um, you know, just being a good friend, I think, is helpful knowing that um, this person feels like they can come to you when they need you without feeling judged. Um, yeah, just being a, a listening ear. I think is very helpful. And if you want to, you know, you could go to National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, which is the um, organiz organization we partnered with. They, I'm sure, have plenty of volunteer things you can get involved in. Um, there's hotlines. There's all sorts of things the Internet now offers. Um, so, yeah, um, we're definitely making progress, but there's still a long ways to go. Yes, because I think, like, even in the film, too, you see Donna's, you know, Donna was there for her mother-in-law, who is also being a Right. Right. Uh, and her mother-in-law, you know, her choice is to stay. Yeah. So I think sometimes as the friend, you, you sort of have to respect that. Right. It may, they may not walk away. Yeah. Well, they're going to walk away when it's right for them. And right. to respect their decision, maybe they're not ready yet. And all you can offer at that moment is, hey, I love you. I want I want what's best for you. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And ultimately, the woman's going to have to come to a decision on their own because the, that's when it matters most, too, is when the woman has decided, when she's come up with it herself, um, you know, and knowing that there's outlets out there, friends that love them, family that care about them. Um, and I think it's perfectly okay to express concern. I mean, obviously each situation is different, um, but ultimately at the end of the day, we all just need love and compassion and empathy. And um, each circumstance is totally unique. Each life is totally uh, unique. And, uh, you know, each woman deserves respect in that way. You know, we'll never know what she's going through. It's very true. And, um, you know, the impact for the children. Um, mm -hmm. we, we are now with Jared, uh, you know, with this movie. Um, yeah. See, like uh, one part of that um, from one person's perspective that lived through that. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it is a complex issue. And I just thought the film was very well done. And, and it made me think about a lot of a lot of angles too right yeah so matt uh i think this would be a great time to you know what do you have to say about it <laughs> oh nothing like putting me on the spot cat <laughs> uh so uh yeah i mean having been um you know, I've watched my mother go through a, an abusive relationship, and I myself was married to someone who was abusive to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot that, uh, you know, listening to this story and, uh, you know, brings up a lot of things that, uh, for me, are 
probably better forgotten, I guess. I mean, I'm out of the, that right. those situations and stuff. But, uh, you know, at some point I'll share some of that stuff, I think. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that that's been your experience. Obviously, it's happened to many of us. My mom's father was abusive. Yeah. So and I'm second generation. Uh, luckily, I have amazing parents. They were not abusive. But even my mom's the abuse she grew up with, I still feel it. You know, it doesn't just go away. It's still there. Yeah. Um, and I've seen how it how it's impacted her. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you just try and try and do better for your kids. And, uh, you know, um, exactly. So they don't live that life, I guess. Um, I yeah, that's all we can do is just try to be better each day and with each generation, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's the message we really want to send is is hope, like that things can be different. Um, there is a life after abuse. Right. And we certainly see that with Donna. Um, and so, yeah, that's really the main message we were hoping to send. So uh, let's shift gears here a little bit and uh, talk about what might be next for you. Yeah. So what is next for you? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I have a few films in post-production at the moment. Um, one of which I'm really excited about is called Almond Wood. Our director is James Frost. He's an amazing artist. Um, so I'm super excited to see what he does with, with this film. So keep an eye out on that. Right. Um, and there's another film, um, Lauren and Rose, that's in uh, post-production. Our director, uh, Russell James, is amazing. Uh, he's won many, many independent awards. So, um, so I'm super excited to see what happens with that. I'm also doing a bit of writing myself. Nice. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> ironically enough, it's about my mother. And uh, growing up in the 90s in Provo and about feminist issues as well. So, um, you know, involving the Mormon church, etc. So um, I'm really excited about that one. Um, I was actually a CineQuest finalist for my script. Uh, so I'm still working on that one. That's that's the big one for me that I'm taking my time with. So cool. um, but I'm working on some other short films that I'm writing as well. I'm just you know, creating, you know, um, I think in the pandemic, I was a bit frozen for a while. Right. I think we all had our own uh, responses to that. Uh, and finally, I feel like I'm getting back on that creative um, streak. So I'm finally, you know, making some stuff, creating some stuff. And it's just so fulfilling to do so. Do you find writing about yourself is like overly difficult? It more so writing about this subject matter mm -hmm. um, because it does involve my mom and it also is a subject matter that's really important to me. So I really want to get it right. Um, that's more where I uh, struggle, I would say. I'm, I'm pretty, um, I wear my heart on my sleeve, I think. So I'm pretty forthcoming with my own stuff. Um, so I don't, I honestly don't find stuff that involves me as difficult, oddly enough. <laughs> yeah. When Kat and I were writing about, we're writing about me particularly. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I kept thinking like during that process, uh, that there was a, like a line I didn't want to cross. Like there were right. things I just felt were like almost like too personal to put right. out there. And it was really hard to know where that line was. So, 
Definitely. I, I was just wondering. I, I just... totally understand that. Yeah. Um, what about? Uh, uh, I see you've done a lot of TV stuff. Any any uh, TV things coming up, or is that pretty much shut down because of COVID, or coming back? Or... Yeah. Um, I've had some really exciting auditions. Um, if things are slowly picking up, I think LA is a little bit slower than other places like New Orleans and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, LA, I think, maybe has stricter rules about uh, COVID stuff, um, and production keeps getting pushed back. So I know it's still a struggle. Um, but yeah, I think things are definitely picking up, uh, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, and things are in the works. So, um, yeah, I look forward to seeing what happens. Uh, any role that you prefer, you prefer over another, like comedy versus dramatic, that kind of thing or like, um, you know, I really love everything. I want to dab my foot into all kinds of stories. Right. I think comedy is something I need to take more seriously because <laughs> I think I am a little bit funny. So um, I would love to explore that more. Yeah. Um, I would also lo- I love like um, psychological dramas. Uh those really intrigue me a lot. <laughs> um, right, yeah. So I'm actually writing something for myself right now and producing it and uh, uh, doing it all on my own right now. So I'm very excited about that. Wow, um, that's yeah, anything, anything that's, uh, you know, places that are not my normal life <laughs> are places I like to go. Right. What about actors, actresses that you want to work with? I'm sure there's a long list. Oh, yeah. Um, I've already worked with a few that are my heroes. Amy Poehler is amazing. She's hilarious, and she was the kindest person I've ever met. Um, uh, I loved working with Rob Lowe. He was super kind and awesome and hilarious as well. Same Mm. with Jason Alexander. Um, Obviously, I'd love to work with um, (laughs) uh, any actress or actor. Marissa Tomei is incredible. Oh, yeah. um, I'd yeah. love to work with her. Uh, Kate Blanchett. I always say the Kates because I love Kate Blanchett and Kate Winslet. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> the yeah, Kates, there you go. <laughs> the Kates got to stick together. <laughs> Another Kate to add to the mix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's get on that. The Kate. Yeah. <laughs> That's a movie title right there. The Kate. Yeah. Yes. Like, I'll Kate. take it. I'll take it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, let's see. What else we got, Kat? Uh, you know, you took kind of my question. I was going to ask about Celebrity Crush. Um, so, you know, I mean, you might have one you want to share with us. We uh, Okay. Yeah. I definitely have a few. I okay. love Javier Bardem. Oh. Uh, he is just incredible, and he's a wonderful actor. Um, he's an exciting actor, too. Definitely have a crush on him. Um <laughs> Uh, let me think. I'm sure there's a few more, but he's the one who popped into my brain just now. <laughs> All right. I am like forever the romantic and I know one day I'm going to like ask, you know, who's the celebrity crush and they're going to end up in a movie together or something. Oh my. 
my gosh. If that ever happened, oh my gosh, I would lose my mind. And then you would come back on the podcast and tell me all about it. Yes, yes, I would. It, hey, if I work with Javier Bardem, I'm coming back. All right. I'm on Kristen. Oh, uh, let's see. What else? Um, oh, uh, what would be your like dream role? I know you like the psychological thrillers and things like that, but like you mentioned, Julie, Judy, yeah, Judy Garland, and uh, would you like to play her? Yeah. In movie? Were you Dorothy ever? <laughs> uh, I've I've never played Dorothy. Um, I you know I love her version of gosh, what's the movie that everyone's done? I'm totally blanking on the name. They just did it recently with uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Oh, Star is Born. Star is Born. Star is Born. Her version of that blew my socks off. So um, if I could, I'd obviously be scared. On the air, here we (laughs) come. But um, that would be just, wow, dream come true. Yeah, and you can sing, so you see, there you go. Yes, yes, I would love to incorporate my singing somewhere, so that would just be so much fun. Hmm, yeah. interesting. So maybe yeah. a fourth version of the of A Star is Born. <laughs> I know, I know. It's got to have its own unique spin, though, so some writer's got to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> right. hmm. Maybe I'll start thinking about it. There you go. Sure. <laughs> Yep. Uh, so how do you how, well, do, you, how do you juggle all these ideas to work on? You know, for that. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. For sure. So how do you juggle all these writing projects? You said you've had you have quite a few going on, and, and you know, also your acting. And... Yeah, I would say, as you guys probably know, that um, it's easy to start something. Ah. It's difficult <laughs> to finish it. I think well. we can all. Uh, <laughs> Do we know to that, Matt? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you know. Sounds sort of familiar. There was once, a, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I definitely have numerous things floating around. Um, my teacher, my current acting teacher, he loves to use the terminology. Um, oh gosh, now I'm going to totally forget it. Uh, achievable outcomes Mm -hmm. versus goals. And so doing something that you feel is actually um, something you can do and make happen in a reasonable amount of time. And so this thing that I'm working on right now, it's just me. It's just me relying on me and me filming it. I don't have to rely on other people, especially with the COVID stuff going on. So I can just film myself and I'm putting it together right now. I don't know if I'll even release it, but the fact that I'm making it and I'm getting it done and I um, assume that I will finish it mm-hmm. feels really good to me. And then once I get that done, I can move on to bigger achievable outcomes. <laughs> but right now, that's my current um, state of affairs. <laughs> so is acting uh, what you're focused on now? You're not doing any more modeling or are you? Um, modeling is, um, my day job, I would say, um, I do still love it. I'll do it as long as I can. I have a lot of friends in the industry and I get a lot of, um, joy out of it. Um, but definitely acting challenges me in a way, um, that I yearn to be challenged. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just a totally different medium. So, um, yeah, I, I love doing both. I'll say. Um, but acting is definitely where I see myself headed. 
So what's the, uh, I asked this of other guests, what's the worst part of like, uh, you know, the acting part? Uh, definitely the business side. Yeah. You have to be super strategic. You have to have money flowing if you're going to make anything. Right. Um, acquiring investors. Um, you know, it's just such a weird, weird world, especially for artists, because I think artists oftentimes are not uh, natural businessmen, right. uh, business people. Um, so that's a challenging bit. Um, uh, and yeah, I would say maybe just the unpredictability of it, but mm. I'm sort of used to that with modeling. Like you just, you know, sometimes you'll know the day before about a job, right. so you can't really plan your life. Um, but I'm sort of used to that at this point. Um, and I kind of like it, to be honest. I kind of like the roll of the dice. I kind of like the gamble that you're making. And, and you never know what you're going to get. And I think that's true of life in general. Um, mm -hmm. Even if you do have a stable job, you know, you still don't know what you're going to get. So um, there's something thrilling about it, even though it's uh, scary and unpredictable. Organized chaos, I guess you would call it. Yeah, there it is. That's it right there. <laughs> Um, hmm. Cat, what else? Yeah, I have just one last question. So, uh, you know, I am three more decades or whatever. Uh, somebody makes a movie, Kate, dot, dot, what? What would you want it to be? Uh, say that last part again. Um, so, so like, we have Donna, dot, dot, stronger. In the right, right, so, right, right. Of Kate dot dot what comes oh next? my gosh oh, man I need time to think about this one <laughs> um, we didn't say the questions were gonna be easy <laughs> yeah, Kate, so, oh know. gosh maybe four all right four. oh my gosh I gotta think about this Kate yes. um I think we should all think about it, don't you? I mean, you know, it's like, what do we want our life after that? Time? Right, right. What's your legacy? Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> it'd probably be something super cheesy, like follow your joy or, or something like that. Obviously, I can say it in a way cooler way. But, um, <laughs> you know, ultimately, like I said earlier, like love is all that matters in the end. And um, you got to follow what you love. That is very nice. Oh, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what mine would be. It's like, um, don't drink heavily or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it would be. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Life lessons. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all right. Well, we're coming up on about an hour here so uh i think maybe we'll shut it down about now but we'd really like to thank you for coming by and talking about these uh projects that you're working on and uh donna yeah. in particular um it's well so, thank you so much for having me what a pleasure yes of course uh is donna out now or is it coming out yes it is i watched oh that's it. right you did it is I'm out sorry. I'm we sorry. had our international release um 
a few weeks ago. So now it's streaming in other countries. Uh, you can find it on Amazon Prime. I'm sure there's a, a few other streaming services that have it as well. Um, but yeah, it's out in the world. Okay, great. Uh, and if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Are you on social media? I'm on, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I don't really go on it, but uh, I am there. Okay. Um, my handle on Instagram is Kate Awesomeson. It's just a little play on my last name. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you can just search my name. Uh, I also have a website, kateamundson.com, that I try to keep updated with press and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and just to my body of work. So, uh, yeah. And of course, I'm on IMDb. Um, so, yeah, I'm out there. All right. Great. Uh, Kat, any last words? I, I just want to thank you for sharing the story, being in the movie to begin with. Um, yeah. I think this was a, a great way to share your backstory uh, through this story. Um, and I, I just think it's incredible. And um, I am so glad that we uh, were brought together um, yeah. to, to tell the story. So um, I'm, I'm just really grateful that you took time to to come be our guest today. It was really yeah. well. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you enjoyed it, and I'm so glad. Um, you know, I really appreciate all the kind words. So thank you so so much for having me. This was seriously so lovely. <laughs> well, it's our pleasure, and um, you know, we again, I thank you for coming, and uh, uh, um, this episode will be airing. Uh, a week from tomorrow, I think. Is that right, Kat? From Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Sorry. A week from Sunday. So. Uh, Great. We'll let you yeah. know, and you can, uh, you know, promote it on your social media and stuff, and uh, we'll do the same on ours. And. Uh, Amazing. We'll, you know. Yeah, and we, you know, we have some photos they gave us of um, the Donna movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, photos so we'll use those if you have any others you can however you send them um i forget now was it rachel i, I forget now who like no it was kate was it another kate right 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 right, <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> well and the other thing is she has I a mean, model so four characters in this case <laughs> yep okay. yep there it is <laughs> well, um, you know, she, if you send anything to her she can always send us some if there are more photos or anything of any projects that you want to you want us to promote with us we will okay great awesome thank you so much and best of luck on all the projects you got going on. I hope COVID, uh, I know here it seems to be like spiking again. And um, Right. You know, so I just hope that you stay safe. and uh, Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. All right, so, Kate. Thanks. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Have a lovely rest of your day. You too. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to Kat at iWritePlays at Outlook.com or you can write to me at BackstorySessions at gmail.com or Matt at Level11Adventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.